Everything is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. Your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. With us today, we have Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and Tom, our host, Tom Dupree, with a little Bon Jovi as our buff music. She kind of likes telling you the group it is, like she's into that. This is the first time I've been mixed master, so I'm I'm yeah. just, I'm living with it. She's she's down, embracing it. I tell you what, like usually when Tom picks music, it's like the Stinky Monkey Chili Peppers or some kind of band you've never even heard of. Or something. <laughs> but people tell me they like my music. All right, so we got a few articles we want to go over here today. Um, Grant's interest rate observer, James Grant is a brilliant writer uh, and a, an incredible observer of the Federal Reserve and what's been going on in the United States financial scene for many years. We subscribe to his publication called The Grants Interest Rate Observer. He also has conferences in New York. This is uh, this week's issue and i wanted to talk about an article from it i'm gonna read a little bit of it um william mcchesney martin was a fine one for anti-inflation speech making the longest serving federal reserve chairman attacked a rate of rise in the cpi of as little as one or two percent as if it prefigured the destruction of the dollar so what Grant is saying here is that uh, earlier uh, your chairman of the Fed were very grudging about seeing inflation go up at all. Today, and he talked about uh, a Wall Street Journal that came out early this month, um, said that actually the Fed is now taking an aggressive new line towards inflation. He says, gone is ferocity in defense of the integrity of the currency. In its place is ferocity in defense of the debasement of the currency. In other words, the Powell Fed, uh, says the journal, is prepared to welcome rates of rise in consumer prices above 2% to compensate for the many years of inflation rates below 2%. Now, and we'll, we'll get into a little more of this article, but I want to talk about this part right here. Um, could it be concurrent that the, the Fed is saying this uh, about being willing to have higher rates of inflation could it be concurrent with the amount the the incredible amount of money that has been put out there into the economy during the coronavirus 
in terms of uh, payments to people and, uh, you know, just kind of like spending like there's no tomorrow. Could it be that this little verbal uh, change in the way they look at inflation could coincide with the fact that we're going to get some inflation? Right. Saving face. Yeah. 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 Um, you, exactly. They're, they're trying to save face for what inevitably, you know, not inevitably, but likely will happen it's at possible, some. Yeah, sure. possible. Um, but going back and saying we need to possibly beyond 2%, which is their prior target, beyond 2% to make up for the past. Yeah. It's like reparations it's on interest yeah, that's rates. Nuts. Well, on inflation. But I also think that. Yeah, let's, let's make the market go down. To make up for all those years it went up. <laughs> I, right. I think to, to argue for, for, for Powell on this stance, you know, the, the GDP is kind of like the home. And, you know, that's the value in which you can tap for your equity as a country. Right. And what you've seen with all this money printing is, is that basically as a country, we've tapped our equity. Yeah. You know, we've gone out and severely tapped our equity. So what Powell's trying to say here... I feel like is that, hey, why don't we let this home price run up for, for a little bit before we start tapping the equity anymore? And and I think that that's what he's trying to get at, you know, is that maybe we but can. But to get there, you got to get a lot more people back to work. Oh, yes. 100% agree with that. But I think that the, the stance of that he's taking on, you know, I'm, I'm going to welcome these 4 and 5% numbers. Is, is exactly what that stance is for is that hey we need to make sure that we have uh a firm footing on our loan to value essentially well and they're they're they want the higher interest rates f f from a debt service standpoint too because you're you know paying with inflated dollars exactly they don't want higher interest rates but they uh, wouldn't inflation inflation yeah. rates. higher inflation exactly and, and that's to my point you know yeah. you're paying them you're paying the debt off with you know money Borrowed money, less. but essentially you're taking your 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 consumption has increased four percent a year, but you're only paying two percent a year on the, the the stuff. So it it allows you to build equity, quote unquote, at a right. faster rate. Right. It goes on in this article to say uh, September thirtieth, two thousand twenty one, would mark the fortieth anniversary of the wonderful bull market that has dragged down the 30-year treasury yield to 1.2% from 15%. Mere words haven't halted this juggernaut, as your editor can attest. Neither has the parabolic rise in the public debt, nor the Fed's bulging balance sheet. Now, I can say a little something about that. When interest rates were that high in 1981, I was three years into this business and, um, there weren't as many bonds back then. There weren't as many investors and there wasn't as much money. They're just, you know, people said, well, why didn't you just go out and buy the treasury bonds? at 15% and just retire because nobody had any money. I mean, that was also right around the time 
of when um, 401ks and IRAs were created. And we know how much money has been put away into those. It's the biggest, it's the biggest asset for lots of people. It's their biggest asset. So this has all been created over that time. Well, and I mean, inflation at that same time, because that's why the interest rate, you know, why interest rates were as high as they were. But somebody then, if you're looking at a 15% treasury, inflation was what? 18? Yeah. 18%? It it got that high. So if, assuming there was someone that had the funds to do it, they'd probably think you were nuts to buy a 15% treasury when inflation was 18%. That That's exactly what was going on back then. Nobody knew what was happening. It was a, it was a crisis that no one knew how to deal with. Inflation was eating up the value of everything. Mm-hmm. You had you had more people going on the short end of the curve when this because they were yeah. afraid that inflation was going to go even higher. They were afraid we were going to get hyperinflation. Mm-hmm. So what what's the thing to do? Because the short term rates respond quicker to rises in interest rates than than the long term was do. But anyway, that was what they're doing. So anyway, I want to get down to this quotation of uh, this fellow that Andrew Yang, who was running for president, he said, we're seeing 10 years worth of change in 10 weeks, said Yang over the shift in the terms of the debate over UBI, universal basic income. And he rhetorically asked, can we afford not to implement something like universal basic income, given the transformation of the economy and the facts of tens of millions of jobs are gone for good. Not every American can be rich, Yang continues, but none should be indigent. Everyone over 18, of whom there are more than 200 million, should receive a $1,000 a month freedom dividend, he declares. How to pay the $200 billion plus monthly freight? There will be a national value added tax, a financial transactions tax. That's what, uh, what's her name's calling for? Um, carbon tax and capital gains carry tax. So, who is what's her name? Kamala, uh, Kamala. Kamala Harris. Thank yeah. Um, what to me has happened is that with all of this spending that's gone on, that there are certain people in Washington and a lot of them, both Democrat and Republic, that feel like we can afford to give anybody anything with no consequences. So why wouldn't you do a universal basic income? In fact, what's been being done during the coronavirus is a trial run for a universe. We, we become more socialistic than we even realize. That's, that's just basically a trial run for a universal basic income. Now, I hate to say it, but even the Trump people are in on it. It's, it's, it's the way it is in Washington. Nobody is saying we can't afford this. Right. You know what, to, to go back to my mortgage example, because that's a, that's a kind of debt that the average American can understand. understands is in the, uh, the movie, the big short, you remember when Steve Carell and his, and his guys, they go into the strip club 
and they're talking to the stripper and she's talking about like her her two mortgages and everything and she said oh, i'll just refinance it that yeah. to me is exactly what universal basic income is to an extent is you just keep refinancing it and refinancing it and refinancing it. You never pay it down. You never pay anything on it. And you better hope to God the that, price the, go, the, that the home value outpaces the refinance mm-hmm. because every time you refinance, you add you add a closing cost home to Home values it. went up to till about 06, maybe. They started getting a little waffly. Waffly in 06, 07. Yeah. Now, that's when we had our two and we had to sell one at auction. It was... Oh six, oh seven. No, we didn't. I thought you were talking about your no. kids for a second. <laughs> no, we didn't have to sell one at auction. You foresaw the what was coming and said, if we don't sell one, we're going to end up with two for three years. I, I knew the market was getting ready to yeah, fall he, apart. He saw it coming about six months in advance, and um, so. But the UBI, it's it's a just a black hole. I mean, yeah. you, you look at what we're going through now um, with with the unemployment, and I mean that's that's a whole other discussion. But it's it's a microcosm of what would happen with UBI. You know, if you give everybody a thousand dollars, let's not even talk about the inflation aspects of that. But everybody within six months will have that built into their quote unquote right. budget, and. What's going to happen six months after that? We need fifteen hundred dollars. That's right. Because, so it's it's just the black hole that will never it can't, ever it, end. It can't work. And the other thing is, what that does to your psyche of not working, of not producing anything, of not being useful. People are not talking about this but we've seen it on display in the coronavirus it ain't good it ain't good and i don't care if they're getting money or not i mean sitting at home just creating a welfare society is not a good thing that's right later on in the article on the last page uh, quotes uh thomas hitch uh, who was an economist and he wrote this in 1966 talking about the effects of essentially UBI, um, but says from the first step, it's given money from the rich and given it to the poor. says the next step could be to take it from the fairly rich, give it to the fairly poor. The next step step would be to take it from the upper middle income class to give it to the lower middle income class. I presume it's possible that this development would not occur, but since the vast majority of the electorate are always or will always be below the average income level, most office seekers would be sorely tempted to recognize this fact in deciding the issues that they would choose to campaign. And I, I think the funny thing from from this, too, is that, and, and you see it every time they raise minimum wage, is that fundamentally speaking, even if you bump the income of the lowest class up, they're still the lowest class. That's right. Yep. You're not going to save them by just handing them money out of the lowest class. What you have to do is make people entrepreneurs. I had a lunch with a guy whose son is a rapper. That is a rapper rapper. 
a guy who raps with an R, not a W. Yeah. Okay. And they, he's had this band for 20 years and they got about 18 or 19 albums. They can't do shows right now. Guess what they're doing? They're converting old albums to vinyl. His people want vinyl and they're, you know, they can sell them for 30 to 50 bucks and that's what they're doing to make a living. And the guy's just ingenious. You know, he's, he's surviving. He, he can't, you know, musicians go out on the road and what do they mainly do? They sell t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, you know, baseball hats, hats memorabilia. Yeah. yeah. Coffee mugs well, with their stuff on it, and and maybe CDs, but people do downloads mainly. If you go back in the history of the United States, that kind of mentality produced the automobile, produced the the factory line. You know, all, yeah. all of these automated things. You know, if you think of if you didn't have that that competitive drive, that entrepreneurial drive, that drive to make something great, you're still in buggy whips at that point. I know. Well, they say that the mother of in, the necessity, all necessity is the mother of invention or is it the other way around? Mother of invention is help. No, me it's God. the first Necessity yeah. is yeah. the mother of invention. Well, Thank you. One of the things that when Bill and I went to Detroit back, it's been last year, I just simply didn't know that much about Henry Ford. But this guy was into everything. I mean, it wasn't just cars, you know, he built a hospital there. That's cutting edge, um, in, in, in Dearborn, right outside Detroit. But, um, he just had this mind that just kept going and, and you know, he kept doing things. I mean, the, the great inventors, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, you, you have, they, they made their money in something, but their mind was, I mean, you, you look at Leonardo da Vinci, you know, where his mind was just going in, I mean, art, music, you know, inventions, all these things, Henry Ford, um, I was listening to something on, uh, Sumner Redstone yeah. and was talking about just his, his intellect. And I mean, everything from he knew like thousands of fish species of fish. I mean, just <laughs> random things. They just have a mind that does that kind of thing. It's just, it's just curiosity, curiosity and tenacity. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes, if you can make a playing field where people like that can flourish, you got a successful economy. Mm -hmm. right now so many things in our economy are being done to squelch people you know to keep them shut down keep them uh bottled up um, and it's our own government doing it in in many cases but you gotta break break out of that you right. have to and the the entrepreneur so it's providing the, like you said, the ability for entrepreneurs to do that. Well, then the entrepreneurs, they employ people. Yes. So you, you said we need to make people entrepreneurs. 
that's best, but just have people be productive, right? Work for entrepreneurs. And so, so that way you have the foundation that people who naturally think that way have the ability to start something. And then you have another part of the population that's willing to be productive for that cause. Right. And it, it, it just, it works together. Um, everything is supposed to work together like that. And yeah. And, and at the base of it, you got to have concern for your fellow man. You have to want to serve others so much right now. It's about, I want to be served, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's, it's about serving other people. That's what we try to do here at our company and do. I think we do a decent job of it because we're told that we do. So, you know, you ready for a break? If you are, I got a little more Bon Jovi to send us out to the bottom of the hour. You're listening to the Tom Dupree show. Powered by Dupree Financial Group. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. This is now. Kamala Harris. As vice president. Assistant for those who are unemployed. Stop the violence. The latest on all this. Coming up at the top of the hour. Let's break this down. Because this matters. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree with Dupree Financial Group. Many people have 401k and 403b plans for their retirement investment accounts. In certain cases, our firm can help participants in these plans manage their investments. This can be helpful because those retirement plans often offer numerous different mutual funds as investment options, and unless the participant is an investment expert, it can be quite confusing. In this case, we put our investment expertise to work for you, the participant. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP or WLAP.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. iHeartRadio is the number one choice for music, radio, and podcasts all in one. No one makes it easier to hear everything you love in one free app. I love that it's free. I listen to 24-7 comedy a lot. Everybody needs a way to laugh. Just what I need these days. No other app has all the stuff I want to listen to. Radio, podcast, and music. All together. I can get them all for free on iHeart. If you're not one of the tens of millions who have the app, download iHeartRadio for free today and start listening. iHeartRadio. Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. It's the weekly podcast where two A-list comedians talk about anything and everything. I, I just got in a huge fight with my wife. And oh. she's like, but you're going to go laugh with Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs>
Have you ever, like, self-diagnosed your own x-ray? Only my teeth I look at when the dentist is gone. Listen to the Pete and Sebastian show on the iHeartRadio app. This is exciting! Or wherever you get your podcasts. As we get back on the road and traffic increases, the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety is reminding you that law enforcement will be out this summer during the Blue Lights Across the Bluegrass campaign. The goal is not to write tickets, but to save lives. So do your part. Make smart choices each and every time you get behind the wheel. Obey the speed limit, drive sober, buckle up, and put your phone down. Spare yourself a ticket and possibly a life. Be safe this summer, Kentucky. It's a little muggy out there again on our Saturday as we jumpstart the weekend with a scattered shower thunderstorm possible. Temperatures will be generally low 80s, and any storm that goes up can put down some heavy rain. We'll get a cold front into town late in the day on Sunday. Ahead of that, temperatures 80 to 85 degrees with some gusty winds, and behind it, it'll feel like September into much of next week. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeartRadio station. Officer Don here for Quantrell Cadillac and the unmistakable new 2020 Cadillac XT4 and the unbelievable new 2020 Cadillac XT6, the ultimate in iconic luxury. At Quantrell Cadillac, they invite you to step behind the wheel and arrange a test drive for an exceptional and inspiring drive. Discover special offers available for a limited time at Quantrell Cadillac. Quantrell for life. Visit QuantrellCadillac.com. The new standard of excellence has arrived. They had snuck in in the night and committed these murders. Nobody had a clue about a who or a why. You got eight people dead, and uh, things like that don't usually happen in a small town. I mean, they don't usually happen anywhere. Somebody was trying to send a message. I, I don't think there can be any doubt about that. They could have written a more sinister story than what's playing out in Pike County, Ohio right now. Find the Piketon Massacre on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're stressed, you just don't feel like yourself. New Natrol Relaxia, a full line of drug-free supplements to help you manage occasional stress and anxiety. A special blend of herbals keeps you feeling calm and balanced throughout the day. Because when there's less stress, there's more you. Try new Natrol Relaxia. Learn more at relaxiamood.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We live in uncertain times. It is not uncommon for investors to be fearful about the equity markets and what they may or may not do. At Dupree Financial Group, we are here to act as a sounding board for our clients and prospects as they seek to develop understanding of how to proceed with their investments. Since we are in uncharted waters, our efforts are to educate, guide, and empower our clients. Despite the unique nature of today's investment climate, there are parallels with past markets that can be drawn. We can share some of these ideas with you. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to The Tom Dupree Show, Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. It's time for America to get back up! 
The countdown to November 3rd continues. 2020 is looking really easy. On News Radio 630 WLAP. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for the second half of the hour with Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and our host, Tom Dupree. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. And this is Rush. This music is Rush. That's the group. Yeah. And it's the song is closer to the heart. And his name is Getty Lee. Getty Lee. He's Canadian. Alex Lifeson. Neil Perk. Rest in peace. You know more about him than I do. But do you know the difference between rich, being rich, and being wealthy? This is uh, a Jason's Wig article. And this is a subject that's kind of close to our heart nice here at uh dupree financial group and um because there really is a big difference between being rich and being wealthy jason opines it's not often that i receive a new book i have feel i have to read but i couldn't wait to dig into the psychology of money to be published next month. This 242 page, easy to read book by Morgan Housel isn't about investing. It's about how to think about investing. And it's one of the best and most original finance books in years. Mr. Housel, 36 years old is a blogger and venture capitalist who writes beautifully and wisely about a central truth. Money isn't primarily a store of value. Money is a conduit of emotion and ego carrying hopes and fears, dreams and heartbreak, confidence and surprise, envy and regret. And, you know, it's interesting um, how people view money. First of all, money as we know it nowadays is not a hard asset it's a it's a it's an abstraction it's a it's a line on a computer screen i mean it uh and i think even in jesus time even if it was measured in gold or agriculture or something like that it was still what people thought it was worth it 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 Value for anything was attached to how they perceived it to be. And uh, people read a lot into money. Mm-hmm. so And it's it's what it represents they could do or buy with whatever that line item is. Um, so it's a form of freedom. A form of freedom. That's what it should be. Yeah. That's what, that's what wealth is, is freedom. Um, money in and of itself, you know, makes the distinction, you know, the, the distinction between being rich and being wealthy, being rich is you have a big number as that bottom line. But if you're spending above that, um, that's not wealth. That's just a big bottom line number. He, he uses a couple examples and they're pretty, pretty interesting. This was from, uh, Morgan Housel, the author of the book. Um, one, he's talking about a, a technology multimillionaire who he saw firsthand, um, bought thousand dollar gold coins 
and was skipping them across the lake just for fun because he was a multimillionaire and he could. That's like a guy getting hundred dollar bills and burning them up to light a cigar with. Right. Because they Which can't. Which is just stupid. Right. And then he, he contrasts that with the um somebody uh his name was ronald reed um spent decades pumping gas and working as a janitor um after he died in 2014 at the age of 92 his able his estate was able to give more than six million dollars to local charities because he had scrimped and put every spare penny into stocks that he held for decades and i uh helped a man um probe or uh, handle an estate of a lady who had done the very that very thing and she had some stock certificates that she'd had for 70 years mm-hmm. and uh most she ever made was like twenty eight thousand dollars and i i think to that point too mike uh you know that that ronald reed uh gentleman you know he he had trained himself to live off of that amount of income, you know? So when he had scrimped and saved and scrimped and saved, you know, the, the nest egg that he had built, he was still at that same income need. It's called lifestyle. Lifestyle. And, and how many times do you see a, a movie star or a rapper or, you know, a, a professional fighter, professional football player something like that you know file for bankruptcy go belly up and that's because oh i'm making 32 million dollars a year i need the new rolls royce i need the next lamborghini you know i need a lambo i need a 14 14 000 square foot house with eight bedrooms and seven baths and i only have one kid you know that that's the stuff to your point mike and one thing i wanted to point out um you know, kind of from the the previous article from a, a just a political, I, I'm going to get a little political here, is that a UBTI thing that Andrew Yang pointed out? Come how, on in, the how, water's fine. How he would pay for that. One of the things that he said was a, uh, let's see, there would be a value-added financial tax, a carbon tax, a capital gains carried interest tax so you got to pay the capital gains whether you've taken it or not so guess who gets hit with that the investor mr ronald reed who worked his butt off as a janitor and a gas pumper making scraps he's the one paying those taxes because he decided to put his money back and set his future up it's a good point philip that is insanity i love this quote in this article it says investing isn't an iq test it's a test of character i agree with that completely and it said um deferring gratification and having no need to spend big so other people wouldn't think that the person was small for such uh from such old-fashioned virtues great fortunes are built yes old-fashioned virtues build great fortunes that's right just having the long-term discipline, the long-term view on investing, um, and a plan and, and the, and a plan. And he goes on to use the example of Netflix and, and monster beverage, uh, between 
2002 and 2018, uh, Netflix returned 35,000%. Monster gained more than 300,000% between 95 and 2018. But along the way, each of those stocks spent 94% of the time trading below its previous all-time high. So what happened during that time when it wasn't trading, you know, making new highs, people were selling, people were selling the stock because they were looking at it from a short-term perspective. And, and we've, we've seen that you always see this volatility. If you didn't sell it, let's say monster beverage at the high in the year 99, if you didn't sell it at the high in 99 and it went down, you look at that as a fine for that you messed up on something right but if you take a long-term perspective long-term approach and you do the analysis on you hold the thing for a long period of time it's not a fine it's a fee is one of the points that he makes here and you don't know when that fee is going to come and the the other thing is you don't know when the stock or if the stock's going to keep going up, I mean, you, you, right. it's you have to have chosen the right stock. Right. I like what he says about uh, Buffett uh, in this article of Jason Zweig from the Wall Street Journal, talking about a fellow named Housel who wrote a book called uh, Psychology of Money. He says, Mr. Housel has a knack for looking at the same thing as everyone else and seeing something different. Most investors regard Warren Buffett as someone who has parlayed brilliant analysis, hard work, and extensive connections into one of the best track records in financial history. Mr. Housel, however, notices that Buffett accrued at least 95% of his wealth after age 65. Uh, He will turn 90 at the end of this month. Had Mr. Buffett earned his world-beating returns for only 30 years rather than much longer. He would be worth 99.9% less. The real key to his success is that he's been a phenomenal investor for three quarters of a century. His skill is investing, but his secret is time. Well, that, not everybody's got that much time or has put that much time in, you know. That's right. But as we were saying yesterday, sometimes people make money after they don't really care. I mean, you know, in other right. words, they've lived so much life that they've gotten to a point where it's not as big a deal to them and then it comes as a, as a, a reward, so to speak. Right. Which, which gets to this other point where in this um, this same article, it says that this, this author, Housel, Housel um, he says he urges investors to think about one, what money and wealth are for. He draws a critical distinction between being rich, i.e. having a high current income, and being wealthy, which is having the freedom to choose not to spend money. And that gets back to what you said of, of when you get money, sometimes it's the time when you really don't, because you've gotten in the habit of working and earning mm-hmm. and saving and having a plan. And 
developing the money, which has become wealth. Well, and to the point on uh, time, um, to our listeners or our listeners' children or our listeners' grandchildren, starting early in investing, that's gives such a head start because it's just everybody, I'm sure everybody listening is familiar with, you know, time value of money, compounding, you know, letting something earn for a longer period of time right? and letting it cook, letting it cook as somebody we loved said, um, it's, um, the, the longer time frame you have, uh, the better odds you have of building wealth. And so starting early, the other thing, I, this one quote in here that I, I love, uh, Mr. Housel, uh, defines the optimal savings level as quote, the gap between your ego and your income. And I just think that's great. You know, yeah, it's just putting, you know, you're, you're delaying gratification by setting stuff aside for the future. I, I love how he ends it too, though, Mike, is the ability to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, for as long as you want to, pays the highest dividend that exists in finance. And I can't tell you how many times it, it puts a smile on my face when you see a client that we have, you know, not worried about the, the pandemic or, you know, wasn't worried about the market in March. You know, they, they were able to say, you know, I've got time on my side. I don't need to take 10% of my account. I don't need these huge chunks of money to live off of. I'm, I'm in a good safe spot. I'm going to, I'm going to continue to enjoy my retirement. You know, that is to me, that is when I feel like we have done a successful job right. as, as advisors. And that's what I was, if you weren't going to say it, I was, because that is where the educate, guide, and empower starts to, to come through. Because there's been a plan, there's been discipline in implementing the plan, and there's been follow-through, us meeting with people every six months, keeping them apprised of their situation, which does eliminate some of the fear if people don't know what's going on. And to your point, Elizabeth, I, I think that the ability to, to be disciplined and stick to the plan in any retirement scenario and in, in any, you know, saving for retirement. Uh, Mike Tyson has one of the most famous quotes of all time is that everybody's got a plan so they get punched in the face. And inevitably, he's getting ready to fight again. Exactly. I, I think he's out of money, maybe. Well, I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> we'll see. When is the, the that fight? It's September, isn't it? Roy Moore, is Roy, Roy Jones, Roy Jones. Yeah, is that subject to COVID? I don't know. No, I'd say they could do that virtual. But just... what I was getting at though is that at some point in your retirement planning, you know, whether it's when you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, at some point you're going to get punched in the face. That's right. The market will well, look inevitably at, look at the Corona. Thing. Man, it's a punch in the face to everybody. It's an uppercut. Yeah, it really is. And the uh, the ability to theoretically absorb that blow and keep trucking on on your plan. Right. Uh, I'm gonna go with another fighter quote, but this is out of a movie. This is a uh, Rocky Balboa. So the the last one where he's old and he kind of comes out of retirement to yeah. fight, 
um, he he talks about it's not about how hard you can punch. It's about how how hard you can take a punch and keep moving. Yeah. How how much of how much of a beating you can take and keep going in the in the right direction. Right. You know, and that's that is true. I guess stick to itiveness is what you would want to call it. That that is that is somebody that knows I've got a plan. I'm going to stick to my plan, and ultimately, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it usually works out for them. Mm-hmm. Any athlete, the focus, focus on whatever the mission is, whether it's to get to the goal line or to score the winning two points. It's the focus on the goal line, what your goal is that helps Talk that a little athlete bit about just thrive. One or so of our clients that has embodied that, that you, you don't have to give names, obviously. Sure, sure, sure. I can think of a handful off the top of my head, just boom, boom, boom. And it's, it's being content. Um, yeah. They've, they've put in, a lot of years, uh, just plodding along. Um, one in particular, I think I've plotted along for a number of years, saved up money, um, retired, and through all this mess, it's it's just it's hard to explain. It's that it's that contentment. Um, it's they were so dogged in and determined to get to the place they are that they know they're going to be able to make it through kind of whatever comes their way right and it's that determination um but it's not so much about the money it's about the determination so it's the determination character yes money's just a reflection of of their character right and conviction and and to to help that and this is where we can where we have helped people that are tenacious, that are good investors in their own right, um, is to stay focused and to stay on a, with a plan yeah, and not deviate from that. Because when you get punched in the face, if you're seeing stars and you fixate on that, you can deviate from a long-term plan. That's true. Um, it's very easy to do. You know, back in March and April, there was a lot going on, and it was very, very easy to deviate from a long-term plan. Um, and that's that's the hard part. That's where we have to be tenacious for our clients in information gathering, in research, in staying disciplined um, and, and staying the course, so to speak, and not chasing this or chasing that. Right. This kind of thing, it requires daily attention on our part. It doesn't necessarily require daily attention on our client's part, but sometimes they choose to make it daily. But we have to keep an eye on our client's assets on a daily basis mm-hmm. and basically make sure the story is still is still the same. Right. I think about uh, this is kind of just a little little out there maybe, but you know, when you think about how this country was founded and how how this country earned their freedom, you talk about pure stick to itiveness. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, 
they didn't even have shoes and they they were you know freezing their feet off in the middle of in the middle of uh virginia and you know marching through the snow you you think of that and then you can you, you can say well if they can do that to just earn their freedom that's when you are committed to something and there's no going back you've burned the, the ships you've burned the bridges you know that you're going forward and you're either going to die or you're going to end up with it and right here we're gonna this show's gonna die right here oh it's not gonna <laughs> die we're just gonna end it for this week we will be back next week and we will hope we hope you'll tune in again in the meantime if you want to reach us call us at 859-233-0400 take a look at our website www.dupreefinancial.com if you'd like to contact us there's a tab there where you can hit it and do that and until until then, ooh, that was a miscue. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. We thank you for listening. Have a great week. This rioting, looting is what's happening. Anarchists. If somebody decides to loot a Gucci, that is reparation. Get the very latest. It's just the beginning. Check in often. This has to stop. With News Radio 630 WLAP. We live in uncertain times. It is not uncommon for investors to be fearful about the equity markets and what they may or may not do. At Dupree Financial Group, we are here to act as a sounding board for our clients and prospects as they seek to develop understanding of how to proceed with their investments. Since we are in uncharted waters, our efforts are to educate, guide, and empower our clients. Despite the unique nature of today's investment climate, there are parallels with past markets that can be drawn. We can share some of these ideas with you. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to The Tom Dupree Show, Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400.